This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them And Mark, I know it's only been two weeks. I know that you were only gone last week um, when you were in Austin, mm-hmm. but I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, it's been a little bit. I feel like it's only like that, though, because we had phoner. the onside kick last week, which mm-hmm. Brandon was on. We had the phoner with me and you before, which was true. I forgot we had yeah. a phoner the week before. So really, I haven't seen you in studio in three weeks, and then we had the entire NFL draft first round, which Sean and Dave filled in for, so I feel like we've done a lot of onside kicks, and I just haven't seen your face. Before we get into everything, though, Mm -hmm. how was Austin? It was nice. It's a cool place. (laughs) It it was nice. Let me take a drink right now, so I can't talk about it. No, I mean, it's a a cool place. It's a weird place. They like to brag about being weird. Mm -hmm. Um... And, uh, and then hook them horns. It's an interesting. Yeah, I was there. I went to it. Um, I saw the tower that's there, which is there's uh, a tower. Oh, there's a tower. There's a lot of stories behind mm-hmm. that tower. Uh, First, I saw, you're telling me about a uh, uh, Philly cheesesteak place under a bridge in Philadelphia. Yeah. Now you're telling cool. me about this tower in Austin. Well, the tower is like a it's very well known um, part of, of that campus. Mm-hmm. But uh, also the other thing that that I'll mention. Because um, I don't want to do a ton of talking about this this city, although it was very fun, I definitely recommend mm-hmm. it. Um, is I got to pet a bat, like so an actual, like a, a real bat. bat. Yeah, a real bat, a little tiny bat. I got to pet it. It was cool. Was it was it furry? Was it? Yeah, like it's very fuzzy. leathery. Or no, 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 it's very fuzzy. If you okay. ever touched like a baby chick, mm-hmm. that's what I keep thinking of. It was very okay. fuzzy. Um, it just stared at me as I pet it. Well, it was, was like, cool. why is this? Why is this man petting me? It was, it was staring at me. me. It was kind of into it. I don't know. Well, glad to have you back on the podcast. And it, of course, we got to talk mm-hmm. NFL draft. We got to recap the draft. So we did our entire first round. You can catch that podcast on our YouTube page, on our podcast services around the world, iTunes. Blog Talk Radio, everywhere there's podcasts. If you got a four-hour car ride, we got the podcast for you. We do. We do have the podcast for you. Actually, funny thing, too, Avengers Mm -hmm. Endgame, there was a part of it, the segment that went up today for the Rick and Johnny podcast, I was like, Johnny, we're going to do that separately instead of doing it with the review. If we would have done it with the review, Mm -hmm. that Endgame review would have been three hours long. Still haven't seen it. So the review would have been just as long as the movie. I, I meant to. If we did them. I together. knew that it wasn't going to work, but I told my wife I was like, "Hey, check and see if there's any tickets for Endgame this weekend." Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. Yeah, they it were all sold out. Sold out. They yeah. were having basically round the clock showings at some theaters from yeah. Thursday right. until Sunday. Got to watch Game of Thrones. It Eventually, works. you'll go and see. My aunt texted me today. She waits until the Tuesday matinee because you know retired old yeah. people go for it. Um, she'll just go to the cheap matinees on a Tuesday for. Retired nice. people, and she went and saw it today and fucking loved it. But we're talking NFL draft today. Some numerous topics, winners and losers like we always do, biggest steals of the draft. We're going to look at the Josh Rosen trade because that, that had not happened when we did the first round podcast last week. And then we're going to dive into Dwayne Haskins and Daniel Jones because Mark was not here to mm. talk about those. We're kind of going to compare the two to see who has or who will have the better career 
in that NFC East division. Before we get into everything, though, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. That's where you can help support us. Every dollar this year is going towards our new studio. We've officially decided this is a 10 by 12 room um, that we're in, and it's a, basically a box. Um, so we want to branch out, get a new studio so we can do more things, have more space to make great videos and podcasts for you guys each and every day and each and every week. So that link down below in the description. But, Mark, let's start off winners and losers. Like, we yep. usually do the podcast after the draft. And this segment is kind of a loosey-goosey segment where it's not like rigid, here's our winners, here's our losers. We kind of mention what we want. Here's a winner, here's a loser. So I'm going to kick it off to you. Cool. You can start wherever you I'm want. I'm starting with a winner. If you want to start winner, go yep. winner. If you want to start loser, go start loser. Positive. Who's your first team you want to talk about? First team I want to talk about is the Washington Redskins. Okay. Uh, because to me, the Washington Redskins got the dumbest luck in the world. I know, right? In getting the third quarterback, who many people would say is the best quarterback in the draft, mm-hmm. in Dwayne Haskins. Uh, they luck into him. They didn't have to trade up. They didn't have to do anything. He just fell to him. Uh, they got to grab him. And apparently, according to uh, Gettleman... Uh, of the Giants that the Washington Redskins totally would have drafted Daniel Jones if they had the chance. That's yeah. why you had to get him six. Apparently there were two teams that really wanted Daniel Jones before 17. Yeah, um, apparently apparently Washington had to have been one of them because mm-hmm. I don't know who else it would have been. The Bengals, but, uh, maybe? That's a good one. But then even the one I love, too, is getting Montez Sweat. Mm-hmm. And going for one of the better pass rushers Dude, available. I can't believe he draft. fell out of the top like top twenty. And, and Hell, ex- technically the top twenty five. And for the Washington Redskins to basically say, We're gonna go make this move. Like mm-hmm. we have to go do that. Um I, I gotta give them some credit for that because we kind of made fun of them because there was rumors that the Washington Redskins were gonna trade up for a quarterback and mm-hmm. we were making fun of them for that because of the RG three trade and how much they gave up for that last time. Um but to be willing to trade up for a good a good pass rusher, I really like that move for Washington. Uh a Washington team that you know, they were pretty good for a little bit last year. but they Until need that. their quarterback broke, the, yeah. broke his leg. And then another quarterback did. Yeah. Uh, they need that kind of jolt, and I really like what Dwayne Haskins can be for them. Of these guys, I mean, Kyler Murray's athletic, so he's going to be like a, a pretty decent force to be reckoned with day one. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones isn't going to play for a year or two. Uh, Drew Locke's got at least a year. I know he's not a first-round guy, but Drew Locke's got at least a year. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is a guy who comes in day one and starts. There's no question that he's your starter. Now, the thing I'm looking at, and if you're the Washington Redskins, I think it's a pretty good trade-off here. The mm-hmm. thing that I look at, so they gave up in order to make this pick, the 46th overall pick, which was a second rounder this year, and then I believe a second rounder also next year for 2020. And the thing I find humorous, because I was like, oh, the trade is almost over. We got next year's pick. Um, for like, okay, these are the two players that you gave up for Montez Sweat. But this year, in my mind, I think it's an even trade where the pick that was made at 46 was not Indianapolis, who they made the trade with. It was Cleveland, mm-hmm. and Cleveland took Greedy Williams at 46. Yeah. So, I mean, those are two players that I know I had them both in my top 10. I know Montez Sweat was top five for me, but Greedy Williams was a guy I have consistently had in my top 10, and he falls all the way to 46. So, like, 
The Redskins, you didn't give up. Like, even if you would have taken Greedy Williams at 46, I think you're getting a similar player to what you got in Montez Sweat at 26 to make the trade. Yeah, for sure. And and it's nice about it, too, because you've got this really talented player. You've got a Mm -hmm. good player for yourself. Um, And when I look at the Washington Redskins, they're going to need it. Because you, you think about those quarterbacks, guy like Carson Wentz out there, uh, the feared, the whole world is shaking right now with Daniel Jones uh, entering the NFL. You know, there is a lot to be reckoned with. We're going to get to Haskins and Jones definitely later. And I, I um, forgot about that. I'm not forgetting about Dak Prescott. He's there too. We're shaking in our boots. Right. Shaking. Uh, but they need something. But you know what I love about this Redskins team, though, mm-hmm. too, is. Kind of youngish Carson Wentz, kind of youngish yeah. Dak Prescott, uh, soon Daniel Jones. This whole kind of division has reset their quarterbacks, mm-hmm. um, and Washington's got to compete. Dak Prescott's the oldest guy in the room now for the NFC East. Yeah, like well, I mean, is it him or Carson Wentz? I think I thought Carson was older. Carson's older. I thought so. I mean, maybe it's just because maybe they're Carson... actually they were the same draft, right? I'm looking that up right now. Uh, but also, I mean, to be honest, Eli Manning's the oldest quarterback in the room. Well, he's uh, Daniel Jones. He's grandpa. The future. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones is the future. Eli is grandpa in the room. Um, but yeah, beyond that. So let's see. Carson Wentz was 2016. He was the 2016 NFL draft. He is 26 years old. Whereas Dak Prescott, let's was see. Was he 2017 then? He was a 2016 draft. Oh, he also. was 16 Yeah, they too. were okay. the same draft. So they are. So Wentz is a year older than Prescott. Prescott 25. Mm-hmm. Um, Wentz 26. But they were both yeah. 2016. Which would draft. make sense. I mean, because Carson mm-hmm. Wentz, he's in a what was that D3 school? Yeah. Uh, he had to stay for four years. Well, he was no, it was he was FCS. FCS. Yeah. So the football championship series instead of the bowl series. Yeah. Um, Which I like to call the fake college. The fake colleges. Fake college. Schools. Well, hey, they actually they've had a mm-hmm. playoff for the longest time. Yeah. Um, before the actual FBS um, went to the playoff the system. Playoff. Yeah. You know what else? <laughs> the playoff. Because it's not really mm-hmm. a playoff. It's still rigged in general. You know what other pick I like for the Redskins, though? Hmm. Bryce Love. Yeah. Like, this is a team that, yes, I know they still have Chris Thompson. And they still have Adrian Peterson, who are kind of the older guys in the room. But this is a team, remember, we talked last year around this time about them getting a steal in Darius Geis. Loved it. Didn't play this year because he tore his ACL, I believe, um, during the preseason they also have Samaj P. Ryan, who was a really good running back at you Oklahoma. Him. So now they have three young running backs to potentially take over. Mm. Bryce Love will probably need the year to kind of rehab because he's getting over some injuries as well. But like they're kind of building a young running back by committee team to also help themselves with their new quarterback. So I can't help but agree with you that the Redskins had themselves a pretty Good draft. Also, Kevin Harmon. I can't wait to see what he does. I know he's a six-round wide receiver, but in a couple years we'll see if he amounts to anything. I really liked him out of NC State. I'm actually going to go to the other conference, and I'll match you, winner for winner. The New England Patriots, to me, knocked this draft out of the freaking ballpark. Mm -hmm. Like I look at their top four picks, in my mind, Hits in every area. They get a possession wide receiver. Yeah, I know he's had some drop issues, but 
I feel like he's going to be a good wide receiver at the next level. They get Nikhil Harry at the very end of the first round, last pick of day one. They get Johan Williams um, out of Vanderbilt, who, if you looked analytic and you looked at the Roto World Top 300 that Dave and I were talking about weeks before the draft, he was actually ranked the top cornerback in this year's draft when you looked at the analytics. So technically, Mm -hmm. analytically, they get the top cornerback in round two. They get a guy from Michigan that I felt fits their team 110% in Chase Winovic from Michigan. And then with their third over, their fourth overall pick in the third round, they get Damian Harris running back out of Alabama to kind of be that contrarian running back to Sony Michelle moving forward. And then they also get Jared Stidham in the fourth round, who I thought was either going to be a Patriot or an Eagle um, after this draft. The Eagles going Clayton Thorson um, in that regards. But what do you think of the Patriots draft? Because this, to me, if you asked me best draft class, it would be hard for me to maybe find a draft class that could top the Patriots just off of their first top or based off of their top four picks in general. Yeah, I really like their picks for sure. Uh, and they got a Kajust in there, which everybody loves. Kajust. Kajust. Uh, pretty sure he's not related. But anyways, I'm not going to – I'm not really crazy about Stidham uh, just because we hype up the backup mm-hmm. to the Patriots all the time and they turn out to usually be nothing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when it comes to those first few picks, I think they did great. Nikhil Harry – um, personally, I, I think that cause you had him in your first round the longest out of yeah. either of us. I, I think that he was undervalued mm-hmm. in the draft. I really do. Um, I, I think he was in wide receivers in this draft went a little bit late anyways, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's going to be, do be able to do great things with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Uh, I mean, we, we think about guys like Chris Hogan, who just, who was this guy? All of a sudden, a amazing player because of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Nikhil Harry, who's already a great player, is going to turn into potentially, I'll even go out and say it, one of the best, like the next best wide receivers wow. in the NFL. I mean, because he's in an amazing situation and he's already I mean, a great player. He's got Tom Brady to make him better. Exactly. Like, as long as he can catch and hang on to the football, mm-hmm. like... That's the one thing that you really got to do um, with Tom Brady. The only question— But Tom Brady's the kind of guy who's going to drill and he's it gonna, into you. And he's going to make you better. Like, yeah. And he's going to be the one. It's kind of like what—oh, shoot. With the document, with the interview I watched, was it Brissett? I think it was Jacoby Brissett who was talking about the quarterback room. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, I thought it was either him or Ryan Mallett. It was one of them. Um, or, no, it was Brian Hoyer. That's who it was. Um, said he came in. And they're in the quarterback room with Josh McDaniels. And McDaniels asks him a question about the film they're watching. And before he could answer, Tom Brady answers it. And he's like, the first thought that went through my head was, hey, could you let me fucking answer the question? Like, he asked me, not you. And Josh McDaniels went, that's what you got to be like. You Mm got to be that quick with the answer. Because it's like Tom Brady just knew these answers. And, of course, we're talking about the GOAT here. Um, but I feel like he's going to make Nikhil Harry better. The only question I have, and mm-hmm. this is the only negative that I think I can put on the Patriots, but I just don't think a good one fell to them because, like, my team, the Minnesota Vikings, took Irv Smith in the second round. 
Is it bad that they didn't get a tight end out of this draft class if those no. Patriots because of Gronk? I'm not them. really that worried about it because here's the thing. Getting Nikhil Harry in the third round, you get Damian Harris as well, great mm-hmm. running back, to back up who you just last year drafted a running back as well. Mm-hmm. Uh the team's going to be okay without a tight end, and they can make other tight ends into good tight ends. Not sure. Gronkowski, but I was actually happy to see the Patriots not draft a tight end because everyone was talking about how, oh, they're going to go get a tight end right away. They're going to trade up for a tight end. It's like, why? Why do the Patriots need mm-hmm. to do that? No, the Patriots just need to be the Patriots, draft the best player that's available, and be an amazing team like they always are. No, instead they traded up for, I think it was Joe Juan Williams. Yeah. It was either him or no, was it 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 was one of their third rounders. It was mm-hmm. either Winovich or Damian Harris. They actually traded up for him, which mm-hmm. was kind of interesting. Usually we're used to, hey, we're gonna trade back yeah. and accumulate picks, which this year seemed to be uh the Seahawks and Colts kind of going at each other of who could trade back the furthest to accumulate um picks. And that's another one I'll just mm-hmm. mention that I wanna put in as as a winner, only because of they turned four picks into a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They made 11 selections in this year's draft. I just want to throw some loves at the Seahawks because we mentioned and I mentioned coming into the draft they were going to have to wheel and deal because they only had four selections heading into this draft, and they made 11. But I do feel at the same time, taking a lot of players is great, Mm -hmm. but they have to be good players. I mean, mean, I don't want to look at it and just say, wow, they drafted a lot of guys. That's awesome. Uh, If it's not the right kind of guys. I mean, Mm -hmm. I look at something like DK Metcalf, and I sit there and I'm like, first of all, good, I'm glad he fell, Mm -hmm. because I don't think that he was worth anywhere near as much as people wanted to mock him. I mean, even as much as I mocked him, but it was just kind of a consensus that he was a number one wide receiver for some reason. Because the underwear Olympics. Pretty much, and if anyone actually looked at it, they know this is going to be a bad wide receiver uh, because he can't run routes. Yeah, I don't if know you if want he's him to go be a that way, bad wide cool. receiver. But if you want I, to do anything else, he can't do it. I will say I do agree with you that maybe the combine boosted him higher than he should have been. Way higher than he should have been. I don't know if he's going to be that bad, though, at the next level. Tell me, name two routes that he can run. You oh. can't. He can only run one. A fly route. That's, That's all he needs to do. That's all he can do. Fly route, jump up and catch the ball. That's Which, all you know what? To, do. to an extent for the Seahawks, kind of worse because mm-hmm. Russell Wilson will just run all over the place without uh, you know, anyone ever being able to touch him and then just, hey, all right, we'll sling it. By now mm-hmm. you've had time to go all the way to the other end of the field. Yeah. So here you go. Here's the ball. Who's another team that you either like or didn't like? Yeah, I'm going to go to the didn't like situation. Okay. It's it's time to get to this team that needs to be talked about. Uh, and it's a team that is still suffering from decisions that they have made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, of course, the Oakland Raiders. Okay. Uh, they're still suffering from the trade with Khalil Mack mm-hmm. uh, and also uh, for um, wide receiver Crabtree. Mm-hmm. Uh they're still kind of suffering from these and saying we need to do something. And it couldn't be any more apparent when they get I who I've always said Cleland Farrell, but when they said it on the draft, it was much different than that. Yeah. They were saying like Cleland Farrell. And I was like, Oh, I think I've been yeah, saying that name wrong the whole time. It's Cleland Farrell. Uh but anyways, it's it just like this guy is not even what, the fifth best mm-hmm. defensive end 
in this draft, and you're drafting him fourth overall. Yeah, you could have gotten so many other. And like I, I sit there and I say, yeah, but some of their big needs are like tight end, like an offensive guard, a linebacker. Maybe that wasn't the right spot to do it. But honestly, four wasn't the right spot to do it. And I look at Josh Jacobs, which is a great running back. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at you for taking Josh Jacobs, but I get really good running backs that went in the third round, and it's like. Maybe it would have been okay waiting. Which the Bears got. They got a really a good running good, back. A good ca- pass-catching running back in college had a bad combine. That's the only reason he fell, in my mind, yeah. as far as Oh, totally. And, uh, you know, the Bears have been fortunate of that multiple times. Mm-hmm. I mean, Eddie Jackson was a guy who should have went in the first round, got which, hurt. Which now I see a tweet. Apparently you guys are calling your running back stable. DMC. Um, run, run DMC. DMC. Um, because, oh, who is it? It's Cohen, Montgomery. Davis. And then Davis, who you got from, he used to be a Seahawk. Mm-hmm. Um, because I saw Christian, one of our um, fans, retweeted it and said you, that the Bears have to redo the graphic after Montgomery and Davis are in um, Bear uniforms. Yeah. And not in a Iowa State and a Seahawk uniform. Oh, well, I, I just liked the run DMC like picture that yeah. they use and just photoshop the faces on mm-hmm. to i think it was mike davis that said uh like damn you guys are fast uh, for <laughs> for that how quickly that changed mm-hmm. but i just look at the raiders and to me they were a team that they have a lot of needs so i mean it is hard to go wrong mm-hmm. uh but i feel like they really jumped on the need uh and not the value you know they mm-hmm. could have gotten some really good players uh, which is earlier on, and I don't think that they I they've got okay enough players. It's mm-hmm. just that they could have done better. Well, it's just the weirdest thing for me is the fact that I mean, Mike Mayock, the biggest smokescreen of the draft in my mind, because I read the quote on the podcast when we did the mock draft, and I also read it again mm-hmm. when Brandon and I did it before the draft on draft week of how. Mike Mayock was big on like, hey, we've got a lot of coaches in the room and it's great to look at need. But, you know, there's sometimes where you got to look at the BPA over the um, overall need. And I felt like they threw that out the window and just went totally. with, OK, who's the guy that we like at each of these positions? And let's hit a huge need. Yeah. Um, the Clellan Farrell one. I'm not as negative on that one pick as many people because at least it's a pass rusher. It is, at least but it was take... like the fifth best one, and there were still three better that were available. Yeah, but I mean, with at least that one I could justify. Mm. I could justify that you went with a need. Now, if it was Daniel Jones, which I thought when I saw a surprise pick the week of the draft, I thought it was going to be Daniel Jones, and I said on the podcast that I was ready to roast them mm. in our after. Um, live stream podcast because I thought it was going to be a horrible pick. It wasn't the worst. Was it the best? Could they have traded back and got Colin Farrell mm-hmm. there? You're absolutely right. They would have gotten um, him at probably 27. To me, it's the uh, exactly. To me, it's the other two to where Josh Jacobs, I feel like they could have got it eight. And Abrams, I feel like, mm-hmm. like Abrams to me is. Is the weird one because you only had one second round pick. You didn't have a third round pick. And you would probably have to make a deal to get him. Josh Jacobs. But once again, I don't even think that that was the best safety in the yeah. draft. I I mean, what, Deonta Thompson went, what, in the third? Like yeah, which was fifth round or something? Me. No, it wasn't that low. 
Uh, but see. it was shocking to me that he was falling as much as he was. Mm-hmm. I think it was like, the third round. Like he fell. Like most of the safeties mm-hmm. were falling. To I where, mean, even at twenty-seven, uh, like even if you were going with your uh, going with your next type of need, mm-hmm. like a, um, an offensive lineman or something like that, I think that when you're talking about these needs, how they tried to address needs, I think that would have been a much more pressing need for yeah, your team. Because you had Nasir Adderley went 28th overall. He was highly rated. Um, Tyler Rapp, 29th. Um, you had Amani Hooker, which people liked. Mm-hmm. He went the second round. Oh, no, pardon me. Those picks were in the second. So Adderley and Rapp went 28-29 in the second. Um, Deonta Thompson went, yeah, first pick of the fifth round. He wow, went to I the I thought Arizona it, I didn't Cardinals. Think it was that far back. Yeah, he went to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so you could have gotten guys well later at that safety position. Like even the Packers, I'll say, probably reached on Darnell Savage. Now, for sure, if it's a guy you like and think he's going to pan out, like great. That's the thing with it mm-hmm. too. It's like if he's a guy you like, go ahead and take him, but. If the more you reach on someone, the more he doesn't pan out, the more yeah. the pick looks terrible. I mean, obviously. if Daniel Jones becomes the greatest quarterback of all time, we all look mm-hmm. like idiots. Yeah. And we're all laughing at about it. I mean, it's the same thing with Tom Brady. We laugh at teams. Exactly. How did every team pass up on Tom Brady like six times? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just happens. You know, And if it's the best player, you got to go for it. But you just sit there and you think, sometimes with these teams, as it stands right now, they might know so much more than we know, but the odds are uh, mm-hmm. maybe maybe it is, in fact, a reach. Maybe they could have had a better player. Now, the thing I will say is with the Trayvon McMullen thing, mm-hmm. um, the thing I will say looking back, that one is kind of a little different of like I would have taken that pick. I would have flipped the Josh Jacobs and the Mullen pick. The only reason why, and I'm not saying take Mullen in the first round. I'm saying I would have taken Josh Jacobs with the eighth overall pick in the second and taken a different corner with that 24th overall pick. The reason why, you had DeAndre Baker go 30th overall. Giants traded up for him. You had Byron Murphy go pick one of the second round. You had Rock Yassin go second pick of the second round. For you sure. had Budding out of Central Could've Michigan. Could have gotten Greedy Williams. Like, Exactly. You could have got Joe John Williams. You could have got Greedy Williams. You could have gotten um, Julian Love, who I really liked from the cornerbacks there. But you could have had your pick of the litter of cornerback at 25. And when you looked at it, running back, the next running back after Josh Jacobs didn't go until the 21st pick of the second round when the Eagles picked up Miles Sanders out of Penn State. So it's like a lot of those teams that had you in the second round were thinking cornerback to where I almost feel like, and of course hindsight's twenty twenty. I almost look at it and go, the Raiders should have looked running back and Josh Jacobs at the second round pick and looked for cornerback at that 21st round pick and gone maybe all defense mm-hmm. in that first round. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just mm-hmm. – just not a big fan. Not a big fan. I'm going to throw – see, because with me, I've got a lot of teams that I really liked what a lot of teams did in this draft. Um, there weren't many teams that I was like, wow, this is a really yeah. bad draft. 
But the one I'm going to throw out there, and I might get some flack for this, and I don't even know, I don't even know if I want to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, I'm almost going to say loser for the Minnesota Vikings, but I think it's more on the fact of mm-hmm. I'm not as excited about yeah, my Vikings Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel like it wasn't necessarily that they were losers. It was just kind of underwhelming. Like, I really liked our first two picks. I love Garrett Bradbury. We needed an offensive lineman. You sure did. And center is a position of need for us. And plus Jonah mm-hmm. Williams wasn't on the board there. The guy I had mocked to us numerous times late down the stretch then getting Irv Smith in the second was great. Like, Kyle Rudolph is a guy where I know there's some reports of, like, now the Vikings may look to trade him, but even if not, and we can't lock him up long term, if Kyle Rudolph does walk, we at least have a guy like Irv Smith Jr. who could take over. But, like, the rest of the Viking draft, I feel like, and that's why I might go more into that, I'm just not excited for it. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't rock my socks, the guy's that we picked up. It's just a lot of guys that I feel like they're either going to be wait a couple years and they might become something on this team. And it might be like, Oh man, remember that guy didn't think he would pan out or just a lot of like, just bodies for this team feels to like use bodies to me. And you know what? That's, that's a big thing for, for the Vikings is the simple fact that they are a team that is well put together. They are a team that didn't have very many needs. So you can kind of afford to do that, uh, you know what, let's just get some bodies, let's get some special teamers, let's just fill out the rest of the roster with depth. We can take all these stabs in round six and seven. What was mm-hmm. it, like eight picks that you guys had back then? Uh, yeah, we know, had three in round six and four in round yeah, seven. Yeah, so you had seven picks in the last two rounds. And you just take all these guys. stabs and just say, mm-hmm. hey, one of these guys might be good. We'll find out what happens. Who's another one that you either like or don't the, like? The only other team I really kind of want to make sure to give some attention to, because, I mean, there's certain things I'm going to talk about in the next uh, Yep, the next Steels one. one. It, it's not that they are a true loser, um, because I like their first two picks. I just look at it and say, I don't think this team really helps themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I like the quarterback they picked up with Will Greer. I'll get to it. I like Brian Burns. I really Mm -hmm. like Greg Little. Uh, But I look at this team and I say, Will Greer, sure, that's nice. But you're basically, he's not going to really get to do anything. I mean, unless Cam gets hurt again, and Cam is already kind of hurt right now. But uh, he's not having sex, and it's making him feel a lot better. Um, so I think Cam's going to come back sooner rather than later. Didn't I don't Russell think... Wilson say something about that too? Russell Wilson didn't have sex with Sierra before marriage is that's what I right. thought it that's was. That's right. That's what it yeah. was. Um, and everyone was like, well, that's what made him such a great quarterback. He wasn't having sex with Sierra. Right? Hey, it works. Just ask Thad Castle. Uh, <laughs> but I look at this team and I say— And all the oil changes. Yeah, right? You desperately need a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You didn't take one to the seventh. Greg Olson is basically done uh, forever now, and mm-hmm. you're not going to go get yourself a tight end either. Um, I just look at it and I say, I feel like there are more important things that the Carolina Panthers could have done to help their team out more. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I look at their team last year and I look at it now, and even though, like I said, like Brian Burns, but their defense was already good. I like Greg Little. They did actually, you know, need some line help on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. But I just don't really feel like they made themselves better. And See, it's not that they're true losers. It's just I look at it and say, like I said, I don't think they're that much better right now. And the reason why, with me, I like their 
I'll say I like their first two picks, although the Greg Little one mm-hmm. could have been seen as a little reach. But when you get out of that first round, the reaches don't like we don't magnify the reaches as much. Yeah. In the second day, third day, especially third day reaches. Third day, there's is no like such thing as a third day reach. Anybody you fucking like in the fourth and later rounds, go ahead. If you and want take a punter in the fourth round, go for it. Basically, but the Will Greer, the thing I love most about him is I feel like all the intangibles are there, and he's a guy that has that leadership quality. Sure, but he's only, not going to get to play. But he doesn't have to. That's the thing. Where I. In my mind, he was never a day one guy. He was never a year one guy. Mm -hmm. He was a guy that needs two to three years. And guess what? Cam Newton has two years left on his contract. They're not going to get rid of Cam Newton for Will Greer. No, 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 I'm not saying get rid of like, well, Mm. after this contract, he's done. But like you said, Cam's hurt. What if he's hurt? And it's like end of the end of the contract. Well, we could either re-sign a hurt Cam Newton or we can roll with Will to be Greer. honest. I feel like he's an mm-hmm. insurance policy to where, at worst, he's a guy like Kirk Cousins, where he develops into something. Hey, this guy's a starter qual, like a starter caliber mm-hmm. guy. But we've already got Cam Newton still. Let's look to trade him. And at best, he's a guy that could take over if they have to move on. From I really Cam think Newton you're overvaluing years. Will Greer, and and sure, he does mm-hmm. have pieces in place, but he's. Barely ever going to get a chance to do anything with him. Uh, by the time if they move on from Cam Newton because of injury, they'll probably just draft somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, because if he gets also injured, it's on probably how high be- they are injured. Well, I was going to say if he gets injured, it's probably because you know going to result in them being high in the draft. Mm-hmm. They'll get to just do that. I really just don't see too much of Will Greer happening. He's just going to be your traditional, you know, look at uh, a guy like Barkley, look at a guy like Mallet, mm-hmm. look at these guys who are really hyped up in college. And then they get there, they get drafted in later rounds, and we never hear from or see them again. Yeah, I could. There's a side of me that could mm. see that, but like to me, maybe I'm looking at the positive of what I want to see. Yeah, with Will Greer, another team. I, there's two teams potentially I want to throw out really quick just to give them some love. The first one's the Denver Broncos. This is a team that I look. They didn't have a ton of picks. They only had six total picks. But, man, did they rock it on at least four of them, in my mind, where, I mean, they move back in the first round. They say, you know what, we're not going to draft at number 10 because— They didn't need to. Well, in my mind, the trade at number 10 Mm -hmm. told us they were looking at TJ Hawkinson. And once he went to the Jaguars, it was like, you know what, we're going to trade the pick. So they trade the pick, although there were rumors that they liked Devin Bush. They move back to 20. They get Noah Fant. Good. You still get that tight end that you wanted. Then in the second round, what do you do? Number nine, you rock it out of the park. You mean you get a first-round type of running back in Dalton Reisner that you can use to protect your quarterback. Great. Yeah. Then what do you do? You trade up to the next pick after you make that one, and you get a guy in my mind who could have went top 10, and I'm not saying he's top 10 caliber. I'm saying could have went in the I mean, top 10. I mean, Daniel Jones got drafted at 6. Anybody could have gone in the top 10. True. I'm mm-hmm. saying maybe he deserved to go in the top 10 more so than Daniel Jones. I will say that. On my last NFL big board, where did I have him? I had him, yeah, technically I had him as a top 10 prospect. I am as the ninth ranked prospect in this year's draft, just above uh, Dwayne Haskins. So 
almost tied for second quarterback. There are so many better players board. than than Drew Locke in the draft. And when they got Drew Locke mm-hmm. in that second round, I was like, that's a good pick because Joe Flacco's not going to be there forever. Joe yeah. Flacco, like uh, Brandon, even said he goes, I don't even think Joe Flacco plays this whole year. I'm not on that route. I think Joe Flacco will play the whole year, but Drew Locke could be the next quarterback for mm-hmm. the Denver Broncos. And then after that, they get Dermont Jones to add to that defense. You know how I know Drew Locke is a bad quarterback? Why? Got drafted by John Elway. <sighs> but he's not a first-round quarterback. Doesn't matter. drafted by John Elway. Would you call Trevor Simeon a good quarterback, drafted in the seventh round by John Elway? <sighs> but Trevor Trevor Simeon I knew wasn't a good quarterback. Like, that's the thing. But he like, was still their starting quarterback I, I week know, one. And I I knew he, I watched enough games mm. of him when he was at Northwestern to know he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, so that one's a little bit different. The Paxton Lynch one, I was on the Paxton Lynch train. I I got mesmerized. You sure did. by the Memphis. Well, because he's a magician. Uh, yeah, he was a magician in Memphis, and that in the NFL didn't know um, what to do. I am positive about Drew Locke. Um, is he a guy that starts day one? No. Is he a no, guy that starts not. year one for me? No. I think. He takes a year. They maybe wanted Alex two, Smith, Patrick Mahomes, him basically, um, and I think he could be the next starter. I'm not saying he's going to be amazing for the Broncos, but could be their next starting quarterback moving forward. To where I really like what they did, and then the last team I want to throw a little bit of love at is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I absolutely love what they did with their, especially just first two picks of. Number one, going out there, getting Josh Allen. Well, basically getting Josh Allen handed to them at number seven because you had the Raiders went clone Farrell where it's like, okay, that's going to bring him down. Then you had the Giants go with Daniel Jones, which is like, Mm -hmm. okay, that's going to bring him down. And they basically made the easiest pick of the top ten. But then also – Getting the guy that I believe they truly wanted at number seven, getting him with the third pick in the second round of Juwan Taylor, to where you get another pass rush for this defense and an offensive tackle to help protect Nick Foles in his first year in a Jaguar uniform. Yeah, I love that. And I even love third round getting Josh Oliver. You get a nice mm-hmm. tight end there. Uh, help yeah. out Nick Foles even more because Nick Foles needs help. <laughs> it's really no, what it comes do. down to on that team. That offense is. I know it was the probably the best place for him to go, but that offense is not equipped to uh, to really make that run. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know we got to see health with running backs and everything like that. But uh, yeah, Jacksonville Jaguars did a pretty good job. Uh, but it's really easy when you have guys like Josh Allen and Jawan Taylor just yeah. fall into your lap. The last thing I'm going to ask you is because we kind of mentioned mine. I want to get mm-hmm. your thoughts on yours. Yeah, you don't have to call him a winner. Don't have to call him a loser. I just want to know your thoughts. Bears draft this year. Do you like it? Yeah. Not like oh, it. Kind of in the middle. For for what the Bears had to work with, I think they did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think in the ideal situation, if you really look at these players um, and what they're capable of, and what I hope some of them are going to do in this next year, I don't think you would really realize that the Bears didn't have a first or second round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, David Montgomery is going to be an immediate. Uh, you know, very useful player to the offense. It's not like he's a three-down running back, mm-hmm. but he's going to very much help this offense, give some change of pace. He's going to be the pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, I mean, potentially. Because you also got Tariq Cohen. But the man, he, he can also run, 
you know, not a, he can run between your tackles, but he's also mm. a good kind of um, outside. Yeah, kind of a little bit more outside, which was something we stopped doing with Jordan Howard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riley Ridley, that's an awesome one. Uh, he, I mean, he's not Calvin Ridley, uh, but he's a good, useful weapon. He doesn't have to be because he's like running or wide receiver five mm. on the roster. Um, Duke Shelley, I know people keep telling me I should be excited about him, but I, I'm just a little, I don't know, Big 12 cornerback. Eh, and yeah. I don't know about that. Um, and then Kenneth White, I am just like, that was just kind of a luxury pick, I feel like, from Pace to say, mm-hmm. look what I can do. Now, I got a mm-hmm. dumb question. Yeah. Is is it just me, or have I seen Valdosta State from the Bears before? That's not where Baby Gronk is from, is it? Mm, I don't remember where he was from. Because um, like I saw that, and I was like, is that is that like one of those small schools that the Bears— Well, like, there's always a small— Falls in love with? Yeah, he always goes for a small school kind of guy, mm-hmm. and uh, he really loves Georgia players as well. Um, and I can only really speak on this because it's my team, mm-hmm. but okay, I'm not— gonna, I'll pay attention to the draft for other teams, but I'm not going to pay attention to undrafted free agents for other teams. But the Bears did a really good job with undrafted free agents, too, to to give themselves. They now have, like, eight kickers available. Uh, they have about ten wide receivers all competing for a spot on the roster. After the 49ers said, no, we are not trading Robbie Gold. Get back, get back, Chicago. I don't think Chicago really tried to trade. I think Chicago just called and said, you really don't want the hassle, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. We'll take him we'll, we'll take him off your hands. Just cut him. Just cut him. But, yeah, I mean, the Bears Shaheen, definitely. Shaheen went from Ashland. That's where it was from. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that the Bears did a great job with what they had. It was kind of a – the Bears can't really be a winner because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like, you know, you had the number one running back fall all the way to the third round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, at the end, just wanted to get yours because the Riley Ridley one is the one I'm looking at of how that pans out because he was probably the one Mm -hmm. wide receiver that I was not super high on in this draft class, but I mean fourth-round wide receiver. They're basically hoping that he can replace Taylor Gabriel when his contract runs up is Mm -hmm. my assumption. Yeah, and you're going to get, obviously, a few years of him to develop because he's Mm -hmm. not going to be a guy— that's exactly, boom, right away. Expect him to be one of the top receivers. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know your winners and losers for the NFL draft down below in the comment section. What teams did you like their drafts? What teams didn't you like their drafts? Let us know what you're thinking down below. But, Mark, let's move on into our next topic. Kind of now taking, we talked winners and losers already. If you're on YouTube haven't checked that out, make sure to go over and check that out right after you listen and watch this segment. Also, make sure to go rate us a five stars on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It really means a lot to us, helps us get into the ears of more people. I know if you're watching on YouTube, you have an Apple ID and iTunes account, so make sure to go over and rate and review the podcast. It does help us with getting more exposure and get seen and heard by more people. But now we're talking about Steelers and not the kind that come from Pittsburgh. We're talking about steals in the draft. These are guys that went to teams lower than they probably should, but that is a good team, a good thing for these teams. And the one that I want to ask you to start mm-hmm. is before I do the traditional of like, well, Mark, who's your first stealer you want to bring up? I am going to bring up one that I feel is a steal, although I know he's a player that you are down on, and I want to get your thoughts on this. 
DK Metcalf going at the very end of the second round yeah. to the Seahawks. I look at this and I go, that is an absolute steal because to me, no matter how you feel about his combine, whether he was too hyped, whether he can't run a route and he's not that great of a wide receiver, mm-hmm. I feel like the end of the second round was way too low for the physical abilities and no. the intangible, like just the athleticism that yeah. DK Metcalf Athleticism has. is great, but you have to get separation from from a, a cornerback mm-hmm. or a safety. You have to, and he can't do it. He can't do that. He can't run routes. He is going to be like a three-year project at best. And you know what the Seattle Seahawks need? Somebody to spark their offense. Mm-hmm. And they've got a great quarterback. Uh, and sure, he can make a wide receiver a little bit better. But I I honestly feel that you're going to have a situation that you're going to be very familiar with. With um, What was his name? Treadwell? Oh, he's Marquise not Treadwell? Laquan Treadwell. Or Laquan Treadwell. That's the what only- it was. The, oh, the guy couldn't. Thing, the guy didn't know routes. The only thing that they have in common is that mm-hmm. they both went to Old Miss. That's it. Both that's don't it. know how to run routes. Yeah, but and look, that's why Laquan Treadwell never got to but play. The thing is, and I know that it's a huge knock mm-hmm. about the route running for DK Metcalf. The yeah. reason in my mind he never had to basically focus on route running. Is because it's kind of like but I. It's not even that he didn't get to focus on it. It's the fact that he did a. He's incredibly mm-hmm. slow and has no acceleration. Did you see his forty time? Not in that. I'm <laughs> talking about his cone. I'm talking about his yeah. shuttle. He's incredibly slow when it see, comes to acceleration, and that's why I feel like he's a like for me he's a steal if because of the team he short. went to, mm-hmm. and the reason why is the Seattle Seahawks are a great team. Of like Russell Wilson will run around that backfield as long as he has to until you get open. And with me, DK Metcalf is a guy that has the speed to get open in the open field, but also has the height and weight to basically be a guy that Russell Wilson can just throw it up to and let him go get it at the highest point. Mm -hmm. And that's why for me, if it was a different team, I might be feeling differently about this pick. But I look at the Seahawks, they've desperately needed a wide receiver. Is he going to be the number one guy? No, they've got Doug Baldwin, so they don't need a number one wide receiver. But for me, they need someone who's going to be a threat in that wide receiver core. And I feel like DK Metcalf could bring his, use his athleticism to be a positive for the Seahawks and fit with what they are trying to do. Probably being, because, I mean, they also got Josh Brown in free agency. They also do have Tyler Lockett. But I feel like he's going to be the guy that is out there of, you're going to be the tall guy that we're throwing it up. You're Mm going to use your speed to get open in the open field. We're going to throw it up there, and you're going to go get it at the highest point. To me, he's he's a red zone threat, and that's about it. Mm -hmm. So if you get to the red zone, you're good. Uh, Which, I mean, they're a team that gets to the red zone quite a bit. My, My thing that I say about that, though, is, I don't consider him a steal because I feel like this was the appropriate place for him to go. So you you would have said he was on the verge of being a third rounder? Can't run routes. Would you like your wide receiver to know how to run routes? I mean, I feel yeah, like be I nice. could teach him to run routes. I don't think it's, it's an inteachable it's bit, thing. It, it's not that unteachable thing. Uh it's just that it's kind of a complicated thing mm-hmm. when you have a guy who's going to get thrown in 
Yeah, you know, I, thrown into the wolves right away. I get that it's one of those things that you want your wide receiver to do. It'd be nice if they were able to do their job. Yeah. But I feel like there were a couple teams, like, let's see, like the Patriots, I will give it to them, where they are in the kind of position where taking a Nikhil Harry was probably the Great. better option. But you're telling me teams like probably the only, let's see, if I'm the Chiefs, I would have thought about taking him. If I was the Titans, I would have thought about taking him. The 49ers, I would have thought about taking him. I mean, with the Eagles, the Arcega white side was maybe because they already have Alshon Jeffrey. They didn't want two guys that are basically go up and but get here's, kind of here's wide the, outs. Here's the problem I have with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You're asking me if I think that the Titans, if the Chiefs would have mm-hmm. liked him. They didn't draft him, though. They had the option, and they didn't draft no, him. And that's what I'm saying. If I was in their room, I would be like, I would have had him a lot higher than he went. Um, probably the only wide receiver after the first round that I was like, yes, it is a perfect fit for where you went was Paris Campbell to the love Colts. Paris. Yeah, love Paris like, Campbell to the and Colts. And that's something that, I've even, that I even mocked in the first round in some of mm-hmm. our mock drafts. So, like, for me, I feel like DK Metcalf is going to be one of those guys that – we look back on his pro- his production in the league in a couple years. We look back and go, "Fuck, man, how did he go so low out of all these wide receivers?" I, re- I really doubt that, but we'll see. Who's a steal for you in your greedy mind? Williams? I, he was forty six mm-hmm. overall to the Cleveland Browns, a team that already has a good defense, top ten. They put together a really good team, and now they got. Probably the best cornerback in the draft. I don't care what we're saying about his attitude issues or maybe, oh, he can't tackle. He is a great corner, and he is going to be a great addition to this team that already has a really great defense. And his attitude, first off, his attitude, like, fits. Kind of that, just mm-hmm. like what he brings to the table already. Now put the. Mix that with the chip on his shoulder now mm-hmm. of. Basically, one, two, three, four, five, six teams that drafted cornerbacks all messed up and didn't take him. Now put that chip on his shoulder. You know who else plays with a chip on his shoulder? The quarterback of that team, Baker Mayfield. Like Plays with a few chips on that shoulder. This is a Cleveland team that I feel the mindset of this team fits Greedy Williams 110%. Couldn't be a better fit for him. And I can't wait not only to see... What this Cleveland team does this year, I can't wait to see what Greedy Williams does this year, playing like a man possessed, playing like a man with something to prove for a team that is starving to get back to the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, for the Cleveland Browns, they're doing everything they need to do. Uh, and they're putting together a team that's going to be amazing or will fall apart spectacularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> That'll fall apart spectacularly. And we got to see what happens with Freddie Kitchens, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, uh, and how he can manage a lot of these players. But, yeah, I really, really love it. I, I think that Greedy Williams was an amazing uh, steal for a team that they're looking like they might be the uh i mean they're probably the clear favorite in the AFC North mm-hmm. uh but they're looking like they're competing for a favorite spot uh in the AFC i mean let's see that AFC North to me i mean yeah big ben is still there but the steelers might take a step back they already did the bengal's we'll see what they look like with their new coach zach taylor i know they look good 
for the first six games until that defense got decimated um, with injuries. And then also you've got the Ravens. To me, it's a it, this could be a division that turns into a two-dog race. It's I really, basically the Ravens and the Browns. I really don't think the Ravens are going to be as good as we kind of got to see mm-hmm. out of them last year. But they I really think the, the Browns are going to probably just run away with this division. But they could be the one or two team in this division. Like n- Maybe not like as amazing as they were last year. I need year. to see something out of Lamar Jackson's passing ability before okay. I'm willing to say that. Um, the, but we'll see. The other one I'm going to bring up is I mentioned him in my winner segment, but I got to bring him – up again. Actually, I'm going to double package this with All two right. offensive tackles. Juwan Taylor and Dalton Reisner. I mentioned both of these guys in the winner segment and I feel like because of, maybe it's because I was higher on these guys and thought they were first round guys. The Jaguars get Juwan Taylor mm-hmm. in the third. And this is a guy that they interviewed and I felt like early like around the combine when the first thoughts of like, you know what, they met with Juwan Taylor, they really like him. I thought that he was a lock to be their pick at number seven. But then you get Josh Allen that falls into your lap, and that changes things a yeah. little bit. But lucky for them, not only did Juwan Taylor fall, he fell all the way to them to where they didn't need to trade up. I feel like teams like the Houston Texans, who took Titus Howard to where I saw that. My first thought was, you took a third rounder in the first round? Like, here's a question mm-hmm. I want to ask you. All right. Do you think the Titus Howard pick was an overreaction to the Eagles trading up to 22 to take Andre Dillard right before the Texans? Oh, for the sure. For sure it was a... Shit, there goes our guy. Mm-hmm. Who's the next one we got on the board? You know, it was def- to me, it was a very clear we really, really, really need offensive linemen. And mm-hmm. I do not for a second fault the Texans for doing it because they desperately need offensive line help because they are about to ruin the quarterback they just drafted and mm-hmm. invested quite a bit in uh, two years back. So I do not blame them at all. It was a no win situation. Yeah, and I mean, I know that there's people that are going to say, well, oh, there were questions about Juwan Taylor with some teams, mm-hmm. and that's why they didn't take him. I look at him and— Doesn't mean he's not he, a steal. Here is, all, here is all I know about Juwan Taylor, and this is why I would have—if I was the Texans, I would have taken him. If I was the—like, it blew my mind that the Falcons were trading up to take Caleb McGarry. Is Caleb McGarry good? Yes. However— when I look at Caleb McGarry, he is not better than Juwan Taylor. Juwan Taylor was the best tackle on my board. Mm-hmm. He was a top 10 pick in my mock drafts, and he's a phenomenal talent draft-wise. And then Dalton Reisner, who was – he's a guy where I don't know how he made it that far. Like, he didn't make it much further yeah. than Juwan Taylor. Both these guys higher in the second round. I don't know how he didn't go in the first round either because he was a guy – that I've always had mocked in that, like, 20 to 27 mm-hmm. kind of a range, that a team like the Chargers, the Texans, the Eagles, maybe the Colts, that one of those teams were going to take him because of his ability in pass protection to basically, and plus he's got the versatility of he's a tackle who can play center but can also play guard as well. For sure. So, like, those are two guys I'm packaging together, steals for both the Jaguars and the Broncos early Mm -hmm. in the second round. 
A team that got a really, really good steal as well. Uh, mm-hmm. so I'm going to stick to this defensive back thing. Okay. Arizona Cardinals with Deontay Thompson. Uh, I, I think that's a steal. I think he in is the fifth round. one of the best, if not the best, safeties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's the knee injury and the concerns with that. Or I guess yeah, it's fifth round. Yeah, it was just a little. I understand if he could maybe fall out of the first mm-hmm. because people have concerns about his knee. But fifth round is too much. I mean, this is a guy who plays all over the field. Mm-hmm. Honestly, even if you're only getting him for a few years, you got him in the fifth round, and he's a guy who's going to be a Day one starter, potentially, for this team. Uh, that's huge. Th- that was an absolute steal to me, and I'm thrilled for Cardinals fans um, because they have needs all over the place, Yeah, uh, and that's a huge one. I'm going to say, um, I didn't say this earlier in winners and losers, but if I had to give an honorable mention for winners who, they're not cracking the winners, but they're just right there. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals, to me, had a pretty good draft. Josh Rosen trade aside, because um, that's a whole different issue. You go and get your quarterback and Kyler Murray at number one. Um, beginning of the second round, you get Byron Murphy, but then you get a guy that, although was he taken a little bit higher than I thought he should, Nandy Isabella? Yes, um, but I do like the speed that he brings, especially to a slot position, if that's where mm-hmm. you're going to put him in the NFL. Like Dave and I were talking, um, Dave was like, hopefully he can be the Wes Welker to a team with way less concussions um, and actually remember um, yeah, things about nice. his NFL career. Um, and then I also like Zach Allen out of Boston College and Hakeem Butler out mm-hmm. of Iowa State. So these were, this was a team that was hitting. But yeah, they did a pretty good job. To take your safety thing, ooh, <coughs> if I could talk for a second, I'm going to raise you with your safety because you mentioned one in Deonta Thompson. The other one that I really liked that was a steal was mm. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson yeah. to the Saints in the fourth round because I felt he was a guy where was he going to be taken high? No, but to me he was one of my – top three safeties Mm -hmm. in this draft pool. Because I'll be honest, I wasn't high on many of these safeties. Like Jonathan Abram, yes, I put him in my first round for some mocks, but that's only because I feel like that's the guy that teams were going to look at. Yeah. Um, Darnell Savage to me, although I I like the pick because I like him as a player, at number 21, probably a reach. Definitely. Um, For the Packers. But, like, Chauncey Gardner-Webb was up there. He was in my top three. I also really liked uh, Armani Hooker, who went a little bit later Mm -hmm. to the Titans. And I feel like there were a lot of teams that you could even throw the Cardinals, like you said, hit on the safety position later and didn't have to bank on it early on. For sure. Is there another guy that you're thinking The only two things I— they don't need a big conversation, mm-hmm. two big steals. Uh, already talked about Riley Ridley for the Chicago Bears. Not that he's going to be uh, such an instrumental part of their offense, but just yet another weapon, and he doesn't have to be amazing mm-hmm. for the Bears. The other one is a really obvious one, and it's hard to call him a stealer. Uh, I, I even steal. hate that I'm saying it now. Uh, a steal because of how early he went, but he truly was because he was, like I said, arguably the number one quarterback in the draft. Went third, mm-hmm. uh, Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. I mean that. Well, even Montez Sweat. Yeah, I mean those are steals to me too. Mm-hmm. Even though they are still taken very high, those are both 
great players. Yeah, I know. Like, to me, I was the thing I was shocked most about the Redskins was early on in draft week when Brandon and I talked about it um, last Tuesday. There were rumors Doug Williams said in the press conference, hey, we're not trading up for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. We will wait and take a guy at 15. And on they that did. podcast, I said, you're crazy. You're trading up for a quarterback because there's no way one is going to fall to you. Well, I didn't expect the Giants to be stupid and take Daniel Jones. Um, so one fell to you. I didn't also expect the Bengals to pass on a quarterback. Like, I could have seen that they could, but to me, I always, like, lately, um, if Devin White was gone, maybe thought they were going to think more so on the um, quarterback front if Devin White wasn't there. But, yeah, that was one where... The I think the Redskins got two steals in that first round um, with both Sweat and Dwayne Haskins going to them. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. Who are some teams that got some big steals, some guys that you're like, I can't believe that he went this low. I can't believe he went to this team where he did, and he's going to pay dividends for them in the NFL. Let us know what you guys think down below in that comment section. And Mark, let's move on into our third topic before we talk about Josh Rosen and a trade that went on between the Cardinals and the Dolphins and really talking about Josh Rosen and what he is going to bring to this Dolphin franchise. Um, I believe the question we are exactly asking is what will his future be with the Dolphins? Before we get into that, though, I want to ask you about something that came out in regards to the Cardinals, because they were the team that traded Josh Rosen. So this comes from today. Frank Caliendo was, um, I believe he was on, yes, the Dan Patrick Show. And this is what he said, and I quote from the SI article. So I'm sending messages from John Gruden, um, and this is to Steve Keim, the GM of the Cardinals. Mm Mm-hmm. Caliendo goes, I'm sending messages from John Gruden. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, man. How about you draft Joey Bosa at number one? And then I'll draft Kyler Murray and and number four. And we'll make a trade. And basically it was then, hey, I'll I'll trade you the 27th overall pick for your second rounder, um, which was the 33rd overall pick. This is what Kime told Patrick that day. He said I felt like I did three or four trades with the Raiders and I had to call Mike Mayock and realize it wasn't really them. Here's a question I want to ask you, Mark. Mm-hmm. If he's joking, that's fine. Yeah. But I don't think he was. I, I don't know. It's I kind of like hard to joke. feel like, like that's something to where either, either it's two things, either – well, three things. Either Frank Caliendo is really good at John Gruden, which we know. She is. Either John Gruden is such a caricature that even the most outrageous trades seem real. Or number three, Steve Kimes an idiot. Which one is it? Because I think it was me, a joke. To me, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. there's no way you thought that was real, right? Yeah. Right? I'm sitting there saying he probably was like, are you serious? If this is real, then yeah, mm-hmm. okay. I mean, if it's a real thing, but I, I really am not buying that this was a real thing that okay. happened. Okay, because like to me, I'm already on the that Steve Kimes is. I know we got a mm-hmm. comment in our Kyler Murray video of because Sean said that 
not only is Kime on the hot seat, but Cliff Kingsbury's on the hot seat, which sure. I don't really agree with because Kingsbury just got the job. Depends on Kingsbury how the offense could, comes together. Well, Kingsbury could be on the hot seat mm-hmm. if Kime gets fired and a new GM comes in. Because then it's like, well, I didn't hire you. You got to prove to me yeah. that you're worth keeping around. But I do feel like Kime's on the hot seat, especially after um, the whole fiasco of the Wilkes hiring and then mm-hmm. firing him after a year because that was just a fiasco in general. But let's get to Josh Rosen. Before we look at the future for the Dolphins, what were you? What was your thought? And however you heard that Josh Rosen was being traded from the Cardinals to the Dolphins for a second-round pick. My thought was, all right, Um, because when they drafted Kyler Murray, it was confirmation of, all right, they're going to trade Josh Rosen. At some point. And I I think there is value to saying, wait and see whose quarterback gets injured. Mm -hmm. Then you trade them this guy like a Sam Bradford kind of situation to the Minnesota Vikings, get a first out of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the amount of stuff that and picks and value that the Arizona Cardinals gave up in the whole realm of this for essentially trading Josh Rosen mm-hmm. to the Dolphins um, is insane. When you think about the fact that they had to trade up, they got him. They then were uh, the worst team in the NFL and drafted number one overall quarterback anyways. Then had to give stuff up to get him off your team. Mm-hmm. They ruined their own value. Yeah. And I, I sit there, and I, I mentioned this many times on podcast, where they really were shooting themselves in the foot with this whole thing because they were telling the entire world, Josh Rosen is a terrible quarterback. You don't want him. We were willing to invest a lot to get him, Mm -hmm. and we think he is bad, and now we want to get another quarterback and pass up a possibly generational uh, defensive end. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so to me, they devalued him so much where they had a choice. One was... Stick around and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Keep him on the roster, which would have been a terrible idea, or uh, only because of the locker room culture, uh, or just trade him for whatever you can get and be mm-hmm. happy with whatever it is. Because honestly, you got a second out of it. That's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's pretty good. I was expecting like a third. Well, and the thing that we found funny, Dave and Sean and I, when we were doing mm-hmm. the live stream, was. As the first round kept progressing, we kept saying, well, if you want that first rounder, like, time's really running out. And then it's like the Redskins pick ones went, well, who else are you going to trade with? Who's going to want Josh Rosen oh, that I thought has it was a first rounder? The Dolphins. Uh, well, no, that had a first rounder. Cause oh. event, like, originally, I didn't think it would be a draft date. That's kind of thing. what the Cardinals wanted was a yeah. first round pick. And I even have an article here from the New York Post that I'll just read a a little bit of it. It says, while Arizona was closely linked to eventually number one pick Kyler Murray for months, the Cardinals waited until draft night to begin looking around for trade options for Rosen, which I'm going to pause right there. Mm -hmm. If you have the number one pick, nobody's ahead of you. If you know you're going to pick Kyler Murray... Yeah, fucking trade Rosen before the draft. They were to get a first really, pick. really hoping somebody would trade the world yeah. for Kyler Murray, and, and it didn't happen. And like this year, like there was so much secrecy with everyone, to where it's like, you know what? Like we don't have to be super secret with everything, especially when you got the number one pick. Um, but it goes on to say the their first round pick of the year prior, according to the MMQB. 
They took calls from the Giants, Washington, and Miami, and shortly after taking Murray, GM Steve Kime gave Rosen's agent, Ryan Williams, permission to help find a destination for him. Kime then asked Williams, this is Doug Williams, I believe, um, of Washington, if the Patriots might be interested, no, the Ryan Williams, if the Patriots might be interested in Rosen supplementing Tom Brady one day. Um, Williams was stunned. This was the only now on his plate. Kime was seeking a first-round pick for Rosen. The Redskins, for one, laughed at the suggestion at the Cardinals, who harmed their own leverage. That's really bold Mm -hmm. for somebody who just took a quarterback, a Washington executive said. Um, Kime also suggested he may keep both quarterbacks. If that's their position, then I'll just beat him out, beat him out, and Kyler can be the backup, Rosen told his agent. So for me, I just look at this and I'm like, really, you shot yourself in the foot. Yeah. Um, Because if you wanted a first-round pick, if that was really the linchpin, I want a first-round pick, you shouldn't have traded Rosen during Mm -hmm. the draft. You should have kept him this year because you're right. Until someone gets hurt. Somebody's going down. Yeah. Like, especially, I mean, I know with, like, the Broncos, they have Drew Locke, but what if Nick Foles goes down? They need a quarterback. Carson Wentz. What if Carson Wentz goes down? You think Clayson, Clayton Thor- Thorson is going to be the guy um, to really rally the troops in Philadelphia? No, he's not Nick Foles. Um, so there's bound to be some. What if Jimmy Garoppolo mm. went down again? Um, just and I'm trying yeah. to think of teams that don't have like, for example, the Broncos would gladly put Drew Locke yeah, exactly. in that situation because um, that's why they drafted him to be the future. Mm-hmm. Anyways, if you wanted a first round pick, you had a better option of getting it, even if it was for the 2020 yeah. NFL draft. But looking forward, what do you think Rosen's future is going to be in Miami? And if you had to look at your crystal ball. What kind of a career do you think he has with the Dolphins? Well, I, I first also want to point out just the one more for for kind to be uh, let go mm-hmm. um, as GM is last year. I think it was it was if I'm looking at it right, thirty two and a half million dollars to quarterbacks mm-hmm. th- to three different quarterbacks, none of which are still on that team. Yeah, a head coach last year who is no longer part of the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just a colossal mess over there yeah. uh, for, in Arizona for Josh Rosen. I see. I thought that Josh Rosen would be successful in Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, eventually, not immediately. I he had he would a too. terrible offensive line. He had no help besides Larry Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really all he had available to him. The situation isn't that much better because in Miami. Christian Kirk, who they drafted, got injured. Exactly. I know he got injured later in the year, but he got injured, and he was still a rookie. He needed mm-hmm. time to kind of get. It up too, but yeah. plus when you don't have an offensive line, it doesn't matter what your wide receivers are. Yeah, your quarterback are. can't throw the ball because he's getting sacked in three seconds. Yeah, less. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's not that much better in Miami for him. Um, so there's still time to kind of build that up. He still is on a kind of bad team, mm-hmm. um, but we'll see how that goes. I definitely still think Josh Rosen can be a good quarterback in the NFL, and I think he probably will. I'm not going to sit there and say he's going to be a Super Bowl quarterback. I think a lot of us are rooting for him now all of a sudden because of just what crap he had to go through Mm -hmm. in Arizona with that team, um, only to kind of be thrown aside after they invested a lot to get him. Um, 
but whatever with that. Uh, we're all kind of cheering for him in that case, and I think that he can do well uh, in the AFC East. It's really awesome to me that you have Josh Rosen, you have Josh Allen, and you have Sam Darnold all, all the in the division. same division. Uh, if somehow, some way, the Patriots can manage to get Baker Mayfield uh, or Lamar Jackson, this would be the greatest division rivalry ever. Uh, Four guys all in the same draft. That'd be beautiful. The only thing that— In fact, they're all in the AFC. Yeah. That's fun. No, they are, and they're all in the same uh, division, like you said. The only thing— Well, I'm, I'm even saying Lamar Jackson and oh, Baker Mayfield yes, are in the AFC, right. too. They're in the AFC. Um the only thing I have to look at that I think this mm-hmm. now messes with is oh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't mess with it. So remember when the schedules came out? Yeah. And we realized that the Browns are going to play Baltimore. They play Buffalo. They play Arizona. They play all the new quarterbacks. They played all the new ones. Yeah. Well, they still play Miami. So Good. now that Rosen's on Miami, now he gets to play Kyle Baker Murray Mayfield too. Still. Gets to play all the top and the Jets as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he still gets to play all the quarterbacks from his draft class. So that is that'll be fun. still alive. He just sees Rosen now the Thanksgiving weekend instead of the week before um, Christmas weekend. Yeah, but for me, I look at Josh Rosen and I'll be honest, I am rooting for him. I want him. To succeed in Miami like yeah. I've never wanted a yeah, quarterback he's, to he's succeed. he's like my second favorite quarterback in the NFL and all of a sudden. The reason why is there's part of it is the whole process before he got – because let's be honest, he had, him and his agent had to have known that Kyler Murray was going to be the pick. Like I had said the whole draft process, especially like our last three mock mm-hmm. drafts of like – I think it was 4.0 where I was like, well, I have Nick Bosa going here to the Cardinals because – that's who I would pick. Yeah. But then five and six, I was like, come on, Kyler Murray. He's going to be the pick for the Cardinals. Like, everyone knew that Kyler Murray was going to be number one overall to Arizona to where Josh Rosen didn't know if he was getting traded. He didn't know if should he prepare. Like, of course, he's going to prepare for the season. I'm not saying he wouldn't. But it's like the – and like he said, the uncertainty was annoying of yeah. – is he going to be in Arizona? Is he going to be somewhere else? Does he have to worry about selling his two-bedroom flat in Old Town? Um, or does he have to worry about, like, you can't give your all to the team if there are other things on your mind like that. Exactly. And the entire way he handled this process, like, you would have thought he was a five-year vet. The way he handled it with the maturity level yeah. that he did – and didn't bash the organization, didn't bash Kyler Murray, didn't say anything bad. He did everything the right way. A guy who everyone wanted to say had per, had uh, personal issues because he said once that, oh, football isn't my top priority. Like, I have other things besides football yeah. to fall back on if I want to. Yeah. And, you know, to me, when it comes to Josh Rosen, uh, Obviously, the uncertainty was pretty bad, but mm-hmm. I still do think that, and this is definitely reading into some stuff, but uh, 
that morning, I guess he he left the facilities and he had a smile on his face and he seemed happy. And the, that meant yeah, one of, getting out of Arizona. Yeah, exactly. For, well, he's getting out of the Cardinals. Arizona people were nice. debating. Uh, eh, Arizona's not that great. I like Arizona. Um, uh, people were debating the fact of is he happy because he knows he's going to be the quarterback mm-hmm. and they're going to stick with him, or is he happy because he knows he's leaving? And for I think me, it's happy because he's leaving for sure. Uh, but for me, it was very obvious in the sense that. This team showed no loyalty to him. Yep. So after giving up a ton to get him, Mm -hmm. after and I mean giving up three picks to go ahead and get him last year to trade into the top ten, now to basically say, hey, we're just going to give you away for what a second this year and a fifth next year. Like it's not even a second next year; it's a fifth round pick in twenty twenty. I really feel like for Josh Rosen, especially if he's successful, I'm not comparing him to either one of these quarterbacks, mm-hmm. but I feel like it'll be a similar thing to a Brett Favre and a Drew Brees. We're like, oh, yeah, Brett Favre was a Falcon. Or, oh, yeah, Drew Brees, he, he was drafted by the Chargers. Yeah. Where you kind of forget that there was that first team, uh-huh. and now it's the second team. I could see more so of the Brett Favre because Brett Favre, I believe, only played that one year mm. in Atlanta. Like, he had games in a Falcon uniform— but uh, Drew Brees had more games as a Charger. Yeah, and, and it was a very different situation because yeah, well, of his injury. Yeah, that's a, what was it, a shoulder injury for Drew Brees? Um, in, yeah, that sounds right. The In San Diego at the time. Um, here's the question I want to ask you. Open, competi- open competition and air quotes. Uh-huh. Open competition, no air quotes. Fitzpatrick automatically has the job or Rosen automatically has the job if you're the Dolphins. Well, if I'm the Dolphins, I'm going to say it's an open competition. Have fun, boys. Without the air quotes. Yeah, without an air quotes. But I fully expect Josh Rosen to be the starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. So you don't, like, because that's another thing with, like, for the future of the Dolphins. Like, Mm -hmm. they're a team that went out and, first off, they drafted Luke Falk last year, who he was a guy that was going to be a developmental project. He was not going to be ready um, one year in the That's NFL. what you call a loser in the, from the NFL draft. What? <laughs> Luke Falk to be like, shit, I got drafted. I thought maybe one day I'll have a chance. Well, not only did and now you trade the for coach Josh who Rosen. drafted him got fired. Yeah. Now they trade for Josh Rosen. But also, this was a team that many thought, hey, they're signing Ryan Thick- Thickpatrick, not Fitzpatrick, Thickpatrick, um, to kind of be the quarterback for this year. If they win... Who gives a crap because they're tanking for Tua? Now that they have Josh Rosen, though, it's uncertain that Fitzpatrick Mm -hmm. starts day one. And it's also thrown into the question of, is this a team that is now out of the running for Tua? If it's like, like, could we, I don't want to see it again, but do we see this all again if the Dolphins are the number one pick in 2020? And I don't think they'll be the number one pick probably in 2020. But Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, whole season of college football needs to be played. Yep, we got to calm down on the Tua stuff. Uh, And there's plenty of people who would say Herbert's actually the number one quarterback anyways. Um, But with that being said, Tua's not a generational player like an Andrew Luck where Mm -hmm. we know since he's a freshman in college, that he's going to be the number one overall pick one day. Um, a lot of things need to happen. If I'm the Miami Dolphins, I know I said you give him an open competition, but you really do need the confidence builder for Josh Rosen. That's what I'm nervous about mm-hmm. is his confidence. Um, Are you and, worried it's going to knock it if Fitzpatrick beats him out? Yeah, or if you let Fitzpatrick get the job, because he, he could potentially just 
get it in his head of like, I guess I'm just not good at this. And mm-hmm. I know there's plenty of people who are going to say, well, then I don't want him as my quarterback. But you need to build confidence in your quarterback. Because he you obviously need them to had feel good about themselves. Arizona. Exactly. Uh, and, and they didn't like him, and they've kind of ruined that for him. But mm-hmm. you need to kind of get that back under him so he can feel good about himself, that he can go out there, play confidently, play loose, and actually win some games. Uh, it's a lot easier to start Josh Rosen, and if mm-hmm. things go really badly, put – Fitzpatrick in than it is to put Fitzpatrick in and say, well, when he sucks, because he usually does at mm-hmm. some point, we'll put Josh Rosen in there, the guy who we didn't have faith in, yet we traded uh, what, second for him? The only thing you have to be tricky about with that is don't be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Where oh, for sure. Tampa Bay was, Fitzpatrick's our guy because of suspension. Then, as soon as Fitzpatrick had like a bad game, well, Jameis Winston's our guy. He's the young guy that we drafted, we should have never went away from him. And then the rest of the year was like, well, Fitzpatrick plays this one. Winston plays this one. Fitzpatrick yeah. plays these two. And I really, plays I really doubt the Dolphins would do that. Yeah, they they have to know they need to commit to somebody, at least for like a half. Mm-hmm. The biggest question for me is with the Dolphins. And mm-hmm. yet again, I, I they're not a team that I'm expecting to make the playoffs. They're not a team that I'm expecting to really make some noise this year. Are they going to be first overall pick? No, I agree with you in that sense. They're not going to be like that bad. But I don't expect them to make noise. I could be surprised. Who knows? Um, but I, the one thing I worry about them as a team is I look at their offensive line, and yes, I would say they have a better offensive line than the Cardinals. Yeah, I would say does. the running backs are not better, but... With Josh Rosen, he didn't have David Johnson last year because he was injured. Yep. Um, so, I mean, Kenyon Drake, um, Ballage, and Miles Gaskin, who they drafted this year, I really want to see what he can do being a seventh-round pick for this Dolphin team. The running backs are nice. They got um, Gesicki and Dwayne Allen. I know Gesicki was a guy you liked last year um, in the draft. My only question is, yes, Kenny Stills is good. Devonta Parker hasn't been mm-hmm. as hot. Are we going to look at this team and go, all right, Josh Rosen showed better flashes this year with the Dolphins. Next year's draft is going to become for the Dolphins. Let's get him some. Let's get him a so. target to throw to. I hope it's not just the draft. I hope it's uh, free, free agency, agency too. Because Josh Rosen, unfortunately, has the potential of being drafted by the worst possible team that could draft him, Mm -hmm. uh, then being traded to one of the worst situations he could be in because bad offensive line, no weapons. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even though I think the Miami Dolphins can improve and can get there eventually. Mm -hmm. But he's got the potential to be on these teams that are just bad situations. Yeah, Uh, You know, you want to talk about a guy like Alex Smith who never had a good situation, a guy like Jay Cutler who Mm -hmm. only very rarely had a good thing going for him. And when Alex Smith had a good situation, got taken away from him. Couldn't get to the big game, mm. had it taken away from him, got traded to the NFC, started winning in a situation we didn't think would be good, and then broke his leg. Yep. Uh, so there there were bad things going on. You can be in bad situations. Good quarterbacks can mm-hmm. be in the wrong place. Uh, I hope it's not that way for Josh Rosen. Next year, if you had to look at it, if you had to paint your picture of mm-hmm. the Dolphin and Josh Rose's, Rosen's season, how do you think it plays out in 2019? I think that the Dolphins next year, like a six-win team, 
be what I would expect, but mm-hmm. I expect more out of Josh Rosen. Expect him to do a little bit better. Um, I expect that the Miami Dolphins are going to show that they have confidence in him and he is their quarterback. Yeah, I'm gonna see the. I'm gonna say the same thing. Josh Rosen wins the position in the offseason, about five six win season. How my early kind of look at it is: mm-hmm. Patriots win the division, Jets are second, Dolphins are three, Bills are fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Jets, Dolphin, and Bills are kind of close to each other. Um, it's not like any of them are competing with the Patriots or anything. Um, and I think the big thing going into the offseason for the Dolphins are going to be, hey, mm-hmm. let's get Josh Rosen some effing weapons because he didn't have any this year. Yeah, um, Devonta Parker, I know, got a newer deal or got an extension, um, but he's a guy to me where it's like, I don't know if he's the true number one on this team. And I know that Dave brings up, well, when you gave him an actual quarterback like Jake Cutler, Devonta Parker actually looked good. So maybe Josh Rosen and Devonta Parker can have that. Um, kind of rapport nice. that Jay and him had, um, but we're all going to have to wait and see how it plays out. But Dolphin fans, Cardinal fans, we want to hear from you guys, NFL fans. Let us know what you guys think down below. For the Cardinal fans, what do you think of the trade um, and really the kind stuff of like with how this trade played out, with how everything's playing out, what are your thoughts with Steve Kimes? For Dolphins fans, it's easy. What do you think this season and Josh Rosen's, Josh Rosen's, Josh Rosen's future holds with him in the teal, orange, and white in a Dolphin uniform. Let us know what you guys think down below in that comment section. And Mark, now it's time to close out the podcast, and I will throw this pitch out again like it did at the beginning of the podcast. If you have not already, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash Podcast. That's where you can go and support MVP every dollar this year goes towards us getting us a new studio that we desperately need because, like I've said in numerous videos, we're in a um, glass case of emotion. Literally, it's a square box that we record these videos in, and we need more space to do more things for you guys and make better videos and better content for you. So you can go down patreon.com and be rewarded for helping support us on our journey to make this product better for all of you. But let's close out the podcast, Mark. Talking about a team that we already talked about earlier on in Winners and Losers, and that was the Washington Redskins. You yeah. said that they were a winner they because sure of drafting Dwayne Haskins, and I even brought up Montez Sweat as well. The question I want to ask you is because the Giants took Daniel Jones at 6 and Dwayne Haskins went to the Redskins at 15. Both of these quarterbacks now are entwined, not by same draft class, but they are now in the same division. And Dwayne Haskins will probably start this year. Daniel Jones will probably not start this year because Eli Manning, Grandpa Manning, um, is still there, and it's still his lawn um, at MetLife Stadium. But the question I want to ask you is, when we look at the end of their careers— Will Dwayne Haskins have a better overall career than Daniel Jones when it's all said and done? I would have to think so, although I, you know I don't trust the Washington Redskins mm-hmm. as a team, uh, especially management-wise. Um, but I, I think he has to be. He has to be a better quarterback than Daniel Jones because I'm shocked that Daniel Jones went six overall just like mm-hmm. the rest of the world is. Uh, and even though I like what Pat Shermer can do with an average quarterback— um, He's done it before. I just can't 
actually imagine Daniel Jones is really going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he has it. Uh, I just there are too many flaws in his game um, that made him not somebody you would take at six overall or the first round at all in general. It's very interesting to me with the uh, with the Giants because they claimed that David Gettleman has a plan, mm-hmm. Pat Shermer has a plan. There's a plan in place. Mm-hmm. That plan apparently involved getting rid of Odell Beckham Jr. Getting an extension. After saying at the combine they weren't going to get rid of OBJ, right? Getting an extension for uh, for Shepard, um, drafting Daniel Jones at number six overall. Mm-hmm. So there's a plan. I don't know what it is. I don't think anyone really knows what it is. It might be in order to to be bad for a little while. Who knows? But Eli Manning will be gone at some point in the not so distant future. Um, I just, probably after this year, in my mind, or sooner, really. Um, he might not make it for the full year, depending mm-hmm. on what their real plans are with Daniel Jones yeah. and how this team is. And it's not that Eli Manning was a terrible quarterback last year. He still threw for 4,000 yards. He's just old. Yeah, uh, he's just not what he used to be. Mm-hmm. So I, I could totally see it that they let Eli play the full season, or at least most of it, move on to Daniel Jones and, and hope for the best from there. But I just cannot, for the life of me, see... That even with Pat Shermer there, a guy who works well with quarterbacks, I can't really see that they turn Daniel Jones mm-hmm. into someone that's going to be better than what your options were with Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, who is ready to start now. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, I think there is value in saying, but the Giants don't need somebody to start now. They need somebody to start in a year or two. Yeah, well, you could have got Daniel Jones at 17. Later. And I, I think it's BS. I think it's Gettleman basically. When we hear the thing of like, well, there were two other teams that really wanted uh, Daniel Jones before 17. First off, like Mel Kuyper said, we're never going to know who those teams are. Yeah. Because after the after how much the Giants got bashed after making that pick, no GM in their right mind are going to say, well, I would have drafted him in the first round because they don't want the hate to be kind of to be honest. Them. I think it's teams right behind them, like the Buccaneers or something mm-hmm. like that, uh, being like, oh, yeah, we totally want Daniel Jones. You should mm-hmm. draft Daniel Jones. But, like, it's kind don't try, of— Don't take our player that we want. It's kind of like—it reminds me of whenever you've been in, like, hanging out with your friends or something, and your friends ma- your friend makes a really dumb decision, and you make fun of him for it. And he try—like, your friend tries to justify it of, like— I'm just going to I'm going to say this to justify my reasoning that I'm not stupid. Um but you're still like dude, you're an idiot for doing that. Um that's what Gettleman is when he says, "Oh, well two other teams are going to take it." It's like, "No, you're just trying to ju- like whatever you need to say to help yourself sleep at night, fine. Say it, but I'm not buying it." Um also, one of the funniest things I saw and this is a hat tip to our own Sean Anderson um, this was the morning after the mm-hmm. Thursday draft. This was the morning of day two at 10 a.m. Sean said, instead of drinking myself to sleep, I'll just read Dave Gettleman quotes. And here it is. It says, reporter two, did you just say you drafted a quarterback at number six and he might sit for three years? Gettleman's response. Who knows? I may go out there in my car and get hit. You don't know, Sal. 
We drafted a quarterback that we think is a franchise quarterback. That's really the long and the short of it. Like, I read that, and I'm like, really? Like, that's kind of— If you think he, if you truly believe he's a franchise quarterback, you play him sooner rather than later. Yeah. you don't. To me, you don't draft a guy in the top ten at quarterback that you think is going to sit for three years. Like A year? Sure. Well, and two? No. I was going to bring three, up— Three, uh, stop it. Like, you look at it, and it's like, Patrick Mahomes, yes, did he sit a year? Was he a top ten quarterback? No, he wasn't a top ten quarterback. He was Close. outside. Close, but he was outside the yeah. top ten. The only question I have for you, because you're the Bears fan in the room, I sure am. Did Mitch sit his first year? Uh, kind of. He played at the end, right? He played for a little bit more than just the end, but okay. yeah. But John Fox wanted to sit him the full year originally, correct? That was the original plan. Okay. Well, well the original. I don't think it was really a full year kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was just a. He's going to sit because we just paid Mike Glennon. That's right. Yeah. Because they had that deal of like, and actually I was wrong. Patrick Mahomes was top 10. So he was number 10. Oh, I thought um, he was like just outside. No, I'm looking at it right now. Mahomes was 10. It was Deshaun Watson who ah, was just outside. That's now, what I was thinking. And if I'm not mistaken, Deshaun Watson started right away. He did. For the Texans. He was the first starter and he was the latest drafted. Because they really didn't have anyone um, mm-hmm. at quarterback and really needed someone. That's why they took Deshaun Watson, but it's like you don't take someone at number six that is going to be a three-year developmental guy. Well, because then you only got two years before you have to actually pay him. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's one thing when you've got Brett Favre playing really well and Aaron Rodgers, who has work that needs to be done, is behind mm-hmm. him. Daniel Jones has work that needs to be done, too. But Eli Manning's ready to go at any minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's obvious that they you are— mean go like retired. Yeah. Uh, it's obvious they're thinking about the future after Eli Manning. And in order to do that, they said, who's the guy that reminds us the most of Eli Manning? Let's go draft him. He even was coached by a Manning at one point. Um, you know, it's very obvious what they were doing with that. And I love this other quote too, from, from Gettleman. Which is weird because Gettleman Mm -hmm. didn't even draft Manning. No. Uh, but he sees the success and he wants it. He says, uh, in time, you'll be very pleased which is a hilarious quote to me of like, if you just wait around so long you'll, enough, so, so you'll he, like it. If I was a giant fan and I saw that quote, you know what my next response would be? When you'll be fired. Yeah. Like that's what I'd be thinking in time. I'll be pleased. So in a couple of years, you'll be fired and I can actually enjoy my team again. Well, and that quote to me also says that, and you don't want them to just draft court quarterback early after quarterback early, but we'll look at the, uh, Look at the um, Cardinals, the Browns, and the Browns. Yeah, like the Browns, we always made. Uh, yeah. Eventually, they got it right. Like Baker well, Mayfield at, at the time has gotten it right. Well, we got to well, let's let him play another year. Too. I know, but like um, right now, we don't seem down on Baker Mayfield. No, we're not down on him at all. Um, but that's if we are bad next year, and let's say we can get a Herbert or or Tua, whoever the number one quarterback is. Mm-hmm. You mean we're not going to take him? Because we got Daniel Jones, and in time we'll be very happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like three years down the line, um, to me it has a very similar scent as Paxton Lynch being drafted by John Elway for the Broncos mm-hmm. of a guy who shouldn't have gone in the first round. Uh, had some things that you you liked that you saw, and a lot of question marks. Uh, and it was really going to be up to whether or not they could pull it all together. And the guy who was drafted there never really has the chance mm-hmm. uh, or never really gives himself the opportunity. And just for me to pull this up, so Dave Gettleman, and I know that 
Right now, we're focusing a little bit more on Daniel Jones. Well, because here. I mean, the answer to the question is obvious. Of course, Dwayne Haskins yeah, should be well, better. The thing with Dwayne Haskins, and this is where I'll give my answer for Redskins fans who are like, "Come on," um, is basically. I think the, Redskins fans are very fine with us just trashing the Giants. The only question I have about Dwayne Haskins is how he's going to mesh with Jay Gruden. But that's not a question of oh, Dwayne Haskins. Fine. That is a question of. Jay Gruden's future mm-hmm. with the Redskins. Like, the Redskins aren't going to get rid of Dwayne Haskins. They'll get rid of Jay Gruden if they have to. Like, yeah. that's basically the long and the short of it. But the thing I was going to look up is, so from 2013 to 2016, um, Gettleman was the GM of the Panthers. Same position he's in right now with the yep. Giants. Basically took two years off, and now he's... Back at it. Kind of nice little vacation. The first round draft picks that he had under the um, Panthers, his first draft in 2013, they had the 14th pick in the first round. He took Star Latoule. Good pick. He yeah. also put, took Kenyon Barner um, in the sixth round that I really like. Um, then in 2014, he took Calvin Benjamin, 28th overall. At mm-hmm. the time, a good pick. Now he's no longer on the team. Yeah, that um, was a that was more of a player himself with the issue. Then he took Shaq Thompson in the first round, twenty fifteen. I really liked that pick. That was twenty fifth overall. And then in his last pick, took Vernon Butler, um, defensive tackle, um, out of Louisiana Tech in the twenty sixteen draft. But really, the reason why they were mm-hmm. the Cardinals were or not Cardinals, the Panthers were really like successful was the two drafts before him 2011 their first round pick was who cam newton cam newton and then 2012 man does that make you feel old yeah 2011 then, was cam newton in 2012 it was luke keekley was their ninth overall pick and then a little guy in the fifth round called josh norman don't remember don't know if you remember him or not washington um, redskins fans might he's now on the redskins um but like yeah, what out of those first round picks? Really, what two of the four mm-hmm. were ones I like really like? And like Shaq Thompson wasn't like, oh man, he's amazing. It's just, oh, I like that pick. Yeah, it was a good pick. Same with Star Latule, but like Calvin Benjamin not on the team anymore. Vernon Butler, yeah, um, wasn't one that really made me feel like, yeah, like that. He's entering his what fourth year in the NFL right now, and has played a total of thirty eight games the last two years. He's played 14 games for the Panthers. So, like, to me, the real crux of this question depends on what Daniel Jones does, not what Dwayne Haskins does, because there are more questions mm-hmm. in my mind about DJ than DH. Yeah, I don't think anyone is worried about Dwayne Haskins. They might be worried a little bit of the things around him mm-hmm. uh, in Adrian Peterson. Is he going to come back and still be as hot as he's been lately? He's up there in age. Um, you know, when does that kind of fall off, that production? He needs some help at the wide receiver positions, things like that. But Dwayne Haskins, I think, is going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to have rookie moments, of course, because he's a rookie, and that's what happens. But he's going to be a good quarterback still. Uh, but when you look at Daniel Jones, even though Gettleman wants to tell us that Rome wasn't built in a day, uh, another quote he told people. Um, Joakim Noah told us that, too. Yeah, exactly. Usually when people say that, it's a, please don't fire me. I really want to be here for a little while longer. I like being paid mm-hmm. um, type of a thing. So, 
you know, you can think that you should trust the process, and you mentioned basketball, uh, <laughs> but sometimes trusting the process doesn't really work out that well. Yeah, and Philly, you you even look. I love that you bring that up mm-hmm. because if you look at it, the guy who was the originator of trust the process and Sam Hinkie mm-hmm. got fired. He yep. didn't even get to see the end of the like. They're he didn't get to see the, the end, end of the process. process. Yeah. He didn't even get to see the end of it because they treat they dished him. And then started saying, hey, we're going to trade some of these draft picks. Remember that process? Guys. We're done with the process. Where it was basically suck mm-hmm. for ping pong balls um, and basically throw shit at the wall and see what sticks and what doesn't. Like, yeah. that was the process. But you know what? The Giants might be able to do the same thing mm-hmm. in the near future because they traded off a lot of good players uh, and then kind of sort of signed some players that were good, but not mm-hmm. as good as the one uh, just got rid of. I'm specifically talking about OBJ here. Yeah. Um, and then I don't, I don't, I still just don't understand what's going on with Daniel Jones. So here's here's one question that has been circling in my head because when he was drafted at six, I threw out the comparison of I see Daniel Jones being the next Paxton Lynch. Mm-hmm. That's what I see. I see a quarterback that totally is not going to be. A good starter in the NFL. Paxton Lynch is currently still in the league, miraculously. He just got picked up as oh, a backup to Russell Wilson um, in Seattle. So he's not going to get to see the field anytime soon, um, as I knock on wood, because I don't want Russell Wilson to get injured. Hey, backup quarterback's but a good job. I would take it. Paxton Lynch, or would you be Alex Moran and be a third string? If I'm getting paid, I don't care. <laughs> Trickle they, down banging. A fourth string quarterback on the practice squad <laughs> makes more money than I do, so but I I'll mean, take it. You had Paxton Lynch. The thing I will ask you, mm-hmm. will Daniel Jones be better or worse than Paxton Lynch? Paxton Lynch only playing two years yeah. with the Broncos before being let go. And years, how many games did he actually play? That's the big one. He had... Three games in 2016, two started, two games in 2017. So he had a total of five games, four starts. Uh, I think Daniel Jones has to be better than that Mm -hmm. just by the default. He will play more uh, than Paxton Lynch. Because Paxton Lynch's biggest issue, too, was he, from what I've heard, I mean, I don't know the man Mm -hmm. personally, but he never had the motivation to actually learn and get better. I have to think Daniel Jones will have to at least be a little bit better than that mm-hmm. and actually want to become better. The question is just if the issues in his game can actually be fixed. Yeah. Um, and if they will be fixed before the Giants, who are just completely cleansing the roster, mm-hmm. do another roster cleanse and front office cleanse and say, we got to fix it because this isn't working. Here's the other thing that I don't really understand. Um, and this is something that kind of makes me raise my um, eyebrows a little bit is because who did the Giants draft last year? Remind me, who did they draft last year in the first round with the second overall pick? Oh, Saquon. Saquon. I knew who they drafted. I was just being an asshole. I actually honestly blinked on it for a second. Where many people thought they could have taken Sam Darnold. But here's the thing that I find funny. Let's say for the sake of argument, Daniel Jones takes three years like Gettleman wants you to believe. See you, Saquon. That means 2019, 2020, 2021. That means if if Daniel Jones plays that third year, that's year four of Saquon. Mm-hmm. If he waits until that fourth year to play, that's the fifth-year option of yeah. Saquon. Like, 
that to me is the biggest question of like, what the hell are you doing? Of you drafted the running back, which I did not bash the decision last year. I would have taken okay Saquon it. at number two. Depending on what you were going to do this year for quarterback, and you go ahead and take a guy that you think will be three years. So, like, that's the biggest question to me. Of mm-hmm. So, there's a possibility you're going, unless you're saying, like, and I know people are going to say, well, regardless, you're going to give Saquon his money at the end of five years. But Saquon going to want it? Are you? Well, and that's the thing. Really, is Saquon going to want to stay? Because he's mm-hmm. like, this isn't like basketball where that first contract, they're an RFA, and teams have the chance to match the contract so you don't lose them. He's an unrestricted free agent after that fifth year. So, like, if he sees one year of Daniel Jones in his last year and is like, no, fuck this, I'm outie. Um, mm-hmm. And goes and gets paid by well, someone especially else. Especially if the team, I mean, if Gettleman I mean, yes, is gone, if Shermer is gone, you know, yeah. there's a lot of things that could happen mm-hmm. that make you a little nervous about whether Saquon's going to be mm-hmm. there. Uh, this is truly a team that has embraced the rebuild, mm-hmm. in my eyes. I think they're really going for it. Here's what I think is going to happen. Dwayne Haskins in Washington is going to be fine. Um, at best, he will be a... I'm going <sighs> to... I don't want to put a, a cap on him, um, although I don't think he's going to be Tom Brady. No, he's I will not Tom say, Brady. I will say at best, I could see him being a Cam Newton type of quarterback. And when I say that, a starter where we don't question him being the starter and with the right team around him and the right defense with him could potentially be a Super Bowl quarterback. Not Super Bowl winning, but go to a Super Bowl type of quarterback, but he's going to need help to get there. He won't do it all on his own. Um, at the worst, I think Dwayne Haskins is like a, damn it, I don't think it's that, like, I don't think it's that big of a window. Like, my first thought was like a Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan would kind of be in the same category as um, Cam. Cam Newton. I think the worst is that he's a starter that is kind of like, Makes the playoffs but doesn't make noise in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Alex Smith mm-hmm. will probably be his floor to his ceiling being Cam Newton in Not my mind. Not bad at all. Where Daniel Jones, I got the future for you. You ready for it? Yeah. He'll start the end of this year. The last five games will be Daniel Jones. He'll start all of next year. Giants will be absolutely horrible. Number one pick. They're going to take Trevor Lawrence in the 2021 NFL draft. Well, and Daniel Jones will in be out time, you'll be very pleased. Yes, in time, you'll be very pleased. Um, Gettleman will be gone. Um, they will look at it and go, well, we've got two years of Saquon. we got to get him a quarterback. They will be number one. Daniel Jones could be the next uh, Josh Rosen in my mind, where not next year, mm-hmm. but the year after. I'm not going to say the Tua draft. I'm going to say the Trevor Lawrence draft. I think they will mm-hmm. be number one overall in that year, the worst team in the NFL, and they will be forced to pick Trevor Lawrence because they need a quarterback, and Daniel Jones will be done as the quarterback of the Giants in two years. I can see it. Being one of the biggest busts of a top-ten pick. Not because he couldn't perform, but because the team needed to go somewhere else because they didn't have the time to wait. But also he wasn't the quarterback that they should have drafted. he wasn't the quarterback that they should have drafted. What do you think is the future for both of these guys? Uh, Dwayne Haskins I think is going to be a good quarterback. I think the Redskins, uh, if they do the right things, if they put the team around him, Uh they're a team that can go to the playoffs uh, on a regular basis. 
I really liked Dwayne Haskins as quarterback. I think he was the best quarterback in this draft. Um, so good on you, Redskins fans. You should be happy. Um, for for Daniel Jones, I don't think he was a first rounder. He shouldn't mm-hmm. have gone in there. Um, it's a joke that he did. I get what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. This is a guy we can spend a lot of time with. I just don't know if you're truly going to have that time in New York, mm-hmm. one of the hottest seats there is in football. Um, True. I, I just don't see him getting much of a chance. I totally can see exactly what you're saying. Maybe plays a little bit of this year. Maybe doesn't. But next year, for sure, plays. Team's not good. Mm-hmm. They just move on. Because there's only so much waiting you can do yeah. before the pressure gets put on. And well, the NFL is such a win now to they, the league. They call New York the Mecca for a reason. New York is not used to being anywhere near bottom of the barrel. Like, New York is a city. And New Yorkers, I say this, um, not as a bash, but like just as kind of like a... Uh, what's the term I'm saying for it? Just what I see from you guys is New York has a kind of cockiness, a kind of arrogance to them. Um, and they don't like being not number one. They don't like being mm-hmm. not near the best. And it kills them each and every day that a team from Boston is mm-hmm. on the top of the world. They're not. Well, I mean, New York teams were three, six, and nine in the draft. Mm-hmm. So they've been at the bottom for a little while now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, but I'm not, I'm saying it's wrong. They don't like to be. I mean, no one likes to be there, but like New Yorkers as a whole, like it's just they are and. It's a whole, maybe it's the rivalry I see between us and them where it's like, who's the number one city um, and who's kind of the best fan base and stuff like that between like New York and Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, Last question I want to ask you is with Dwayne Haskins, because I think we're both on board that he's going to have a nice career with the Redskins. Is that with Jay Gruden or coach number two? Uh, I could see coach number two. Um I think it would just kind of make sense that it's going to be a slow start. Mm-hmm. So maybe Jay Gruden gets kind of pushed aside and they get a new coach. Uh, hopefully they make a good choice in that case because, as we all know, we've talked about Alex Smith multiple times in this podcast. A revolving door mm-hmm. of bad coordinators ruins a career. And that's the thing I'm going to say is I think it is going to be second quarter or second coach. Um, the reason being is this will be the fifth year of Jay Gruden with the mm-hmm. Redskins. And it hasn't been great. If they don't, I'm going to say if they don't make the playoffs this year with Dwayne Haskins, and I know that might be a lot for a rookie quarterback, but with how this team was with a good quarterback last year, if they're not in the playoff hunt this year, Gruden gets canned. And I will say this I don't know who they bring in as the head coach, mm-hmm. but if Gruden gets canned as head coach of the Redskins, he will become an offensive coordinator for the Raiders. I can yeah. smell it. Makes sense. I can smell him being right on the same coaching staff as John Gruden. But any final thoughts on anything we talked about before we wrap up the podcast? Go Bears. Well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below what you guys think about anything we talked about. Winners and losers of the draft, Steelers of the draft, Josh Rosen, Dwayne Haskins, and Daniel Jones. Make sure to support us on Patreon, patreon.com. 
backslash most valuable podcast. That's where you can help make sure we can get our new studio that we're raising money for. Every new dollar that we raise in 2019 is going towards that. You can also get good rewards like our access to our Discord server, the MVP podcast a month early before everyone else. You can also be able to be on a podcast at our gold tier. So you can check out those tiers and memberships down below in the description. You can also make sure to rate us five stars and review us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It really means the world to us and helps us get us into the ears of more people. Then you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Woodmer. Mark is at the Mark Weber with two E's and most valuable podcast is at most valuable pod one. Thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at most valuable pod for more great podcasts.